Well, good morning, and it is December, which, thank you, somebody, good morning, let's do that back, there we go, online campus, good morning to you too, you know, it's December, which means it's officially time for me to start listening to Christmas music, all right, I won't do it early, like Halloween is over, everybody switches to Christmas kind of stuff, no, I I can't do that, I'm not going to bypass Thanksgiving just to, to kind of shortchange what's happening out there. I've got to get through the Thanksgiving. It's a great holiday. I love it. And I am now listening to Christmas music. And that also means for me that it's time for me to start thinking about how I can even help people more, how I can serve people more, how I can, can provide and, and be there for, for people more. One of my passions uh, as an individual is to help serve, provide, uh, help people in need in general. That's, that's one of the reasons that I exist, and I love that. And, uh, and again, at Christmas time, there are a lot of opportunities. You all did an amazing job last week of taking all of the ornaments off the tree. Those are for kids in need from North and East Elementary schools just down the street. Great job on that. They were all gone by the end of this service last week, and we had several hundred tags out there. So good job on that. But that's just a small part of what we can do. I want to open this up because uh, I I think it's a great project for us to maybe look at doing individually. Um, Emmy Skirvin, one of our online uh, campus members, she said, what about uh, for us as community, what, what about we make Christmas cards for people in nursing homes? Now, understand this. Emmy has some personal experience with that. And she has seen the loneliness that happens inside of those environments. And, and people's faces light up when they get anything uh, in that type of environment. And I'm thinking, how many of us could do that this Christmas? The Christmas ornaments were great. And I am more than thrilled to provide these kids uh, that, that have needs with, with, with what they may want. But how about we take it a step further? One of our original members, Eloise Fowler, is in a nursing home right now. Um, Garden Manor, and, um, and you know what? I would just love to see us as a church maybe shower her with Christmas this year. Um, just, just provide a card, uh, a flower, uh, a gift, a hello type thing for her and maybe everybody else in that, in that environment. What could you do with that? What could you as a family do with that? What could you and your small group do with that? What, what, what could you and a group of friends do with that? You could make an entire impact just this Christmas for those people in that nursing home. Pick a different nursing home. I don't care. Just do something in that kind of a way. Matter of fact, if you're going to do that, shoot me an email and let me know. It's scott at communitychristianchurch.com. Let me know that you're doing it, and that way we can kind of, kind of maybe work together on some of that. I'll have some more names for you next week of people that are in Eloise's uh, nursing home, and maybe we take care of them this Christmas and just provide for some of their needs. Well, last week, we talked about how the world is experiencing this epidemic of loneliness. And that's certainly true in nursing homes, but it's also certainly true in our own families. People are just lonely. And you might look at someone and go, they're fine. They they don't look lonely. They don't look lost. They don't look upset. But maybe deep inside, there's something happening in their life that you just can't see from the surface. Because most of us 
have a great game face that we can put on, right? I mean, we have this, this alternative thing we can put on, fine, I'm good, 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 good. Are you really good or are you lonely? Is there something happening in your life that we might be able to help with? Anytime we feel left out, anytime we feel misunderstood, we can be lonely. And I'm not talking about this to kill your warm, fuzzy Christmas kind of feeling. That, that's not why we're doing this. We're talking about it because I think it's a great opportunity to be the church, to do what we're supposed to do to live out how we're supposed to be living, to change our culture by creating community. That's what we're talking about. Here's the reason that I believe the church specifically can speak into this loneliness issue. It's because we follow a God who models what it looks like to be deeply connected, to be supportive friends, to show what that looks like because we follow a God who is connected. We want to be the kind of church who models who God is. So this month, we're exploring what it looks like for us as individuals and as a church family to intentionally grow our friendships. And today, we're talking about why we struggle to have close friends. Are you struggling with that? Next week, we're going we're, we're gonna to talk about how to do a, a, this make friends as adults because a lot of us have forgotten how to make friends and so we don't make friends because we don't know how to make friends and then we're going to look at some of the incredible things God can do with our friendships and we're wrapping up this series on Christmas Eve and Christmas morning by celebrating this gift of friendship with Jesus and it is a gift. Let's look at our definition for friendship from last week. Friendship is a non-romantic relationship that is attachment-based rather than function-based, all right? A non-romantic relationship that is attachment-based rather than function-based. We're, we're talking about people outside of your family, outside of your dating relationships, people that you're not, I don't know, obligated to to hang out with. You just hang out with them because you want to hang out with them. Those are the friendships that we're focusing in on, and we need those in our lives more than we realize that we need those in our lives, because we were made to be deeply connected. Again, that's who God is, right? He's always lived in this perfect connection with Father, Son, Spirit. That's, that's been his connection from the beginning. Three persons make up one God. They love each other. They're in deep community with each other. And we are made in his image, so we are made for deep connection. And even though that's what we're made for, how many of you have messed up a relationship? Anybody here have messed up friendships? Raise your hands. If you're not raising your hands, you're lying, all right? We're in church. Come on, be honest. You should be honest everywhere, but we're just saying that for in here right now. Be honest. Has anybody here ever lost friends because things just got sideways? Yeah, my hand's up for all of these things. I've got messed up friendships. I've lost friendships because things have gone sideways. We need to learn how to do friendships like Jesus did friendships so that we can be healthy. Let's look at how he did them. These are the circles of community around Jesus. And the center circle is the primary circle. That's the God circle. That's the relationship 
that was at the center. Even though Jesus was here on earth, he was still deeply connected with Father and Spirit. Father, Son, Spirit, that's what makes up God. He was still deeply connected with them. A perfect community. But God is still the center point of everything that he did. That, that's important to remember. And then you get this next circle, and these are the close friend circle for Jesus. And again, last week I mentioned the fact that you know Jesus had best friends. Kind of interesting to me, and it was interesting to me as I kind of read through that, and I knew that, but it kind of really jumped out at me. He had best friends, Peter, James, and John. He spent more time with those guys than, than anyone else. He, he spent time in close connection, maybe saying, hey, this is, this is really important to me, or maybe telling them, you need to look this direction closer than anyone else in his friendship circles. And then you go out from there, and you have the disciple circles. Now, these are, are 12 guys who gave up everything to follow Jesus, to be trained by Jesus. They spent all their time together. They did everything together, and they were all very different, and they didn't always get along very well, but they had one thing in common, which was Jesus. And that one thing in common is what held them together in a tight bond. It was because of Jesus. And then your next circle are your followers or the church circle for Jesus. And these are the rest of the followers. They were men and women who traveled with Jesus, supported his ministry, took care of him. All kinds of different backgrounds for, for these people. Uh, very diverse. They were his followers, but also his friends. And eventually they became the very first church. It's interesting. And then you have the crowd circle. You zoom out just a little bit a little bit wider, and that's the widest circle on there. And everywhere Jesus went, there were these massive crowds that followed him. And uh, some would be followers, some wouldn't be followers at some point. Matthew 8, 36 says this, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now, Jesus didn't want those crowds to stay where they were. He wanted those people to move inward on that circle into deeper and deeper friendships with him and his other followers. And, and he said, this is how you do it. He said, John 15, this is my command, love each other. Love each other. All of Jesus' circles needed to reach out and create their own circles. And he said, you do that by loving each other. So let me ask a personal question. How are you doing loving the people around you? How are you doing loving the people around you? Are you good? Are you struggling with that? Are, are you horrible at that? Are you angry all the time? Are you loving to the people around you? That's how it starts. Let's look at our circle chart for us as individuals. And, and here's... Did you, everybody get one of these? Okay, yours isn't going to be crumpled up like this one. But did everybody get one of these? Make sure you've got it. You've got to hold it up. You've got to have it. Uh, if you brought yours back from last week, bonus points for you. If you don't have one, uh, raise your hand because we got some to pass out to you. You need this. All right? Anybody not have one of these? There's a few people in here if you guys can, can grab them. All right, now, when you start looking at this, Again, it's important to understand that the main circle in your circle of friendships 
is the God circle. That's the center circle on this. You've got to understand that. You've got to get that. Now, when when we're going to these circles, if you don't have a relationship with God, the rest of your relationships will not be okay. Because this is where we model the relationship part from. This is how we understand unconditional love and, and giving completely to each other. So you need to know that. That's the starting point. And, and then it goes from that into the next circle, which are your close friends. Do you have one or two or three close friends like Jesus did in his circle? That's We're modeling that again. Do you have one or two or three people that are in your close circle of friends that you know that you can call them up at 3 o'clock in the morning and there won't be any questions, there won't be any judgment, they'll just be, how can I help you? Do you have those people in your life? Because you need them. Write their names down, as a matter of fact, down here, if you've got one or two or three of those people in your life, right? And I, I know some of you say, my spouse is my best friend. It's not what we're talking about here. Now, they might be that, but if you don't have anyone outside of your family in this circle, you're going to be hurting later on in your life. You need that. And then the next circle is your tribe. And this is your group of friends. These are the people that you hang out with. These are the people that, that, that you like, right? People you spend a lot of time with. Write their names down here. You've, you've got to write them down because you have to evaluate who you have in these circles and know where you stand with them and where they stand with you. And then the next, the next circle is the church, now, again, you might be a little bit surprised by this one, but it's a big reason that we're doing this series. And for some of you, your close friends and your tribe are part of this church. And that's awesome. It, it, it really is. And I love that. But some of you might have a hard time thinking of anybody to put in your church circle. Because you come into this room and you worship. And we sit on these little islands by ourselves. Now, again, that's not a bad thing if those people are your close friends or part of your tribe. That's not a bad thing, but you exclude everybody else around you. And sometimes you come into a moment like this in a place like this, and you don't know anyone else around you. If you've been going here for a while, turn and look around you. Turn, look. Look at the people around you, beside you, behind you, in front of you. Do you know their names? Do you know their names? Some of you are going, yeah, I know Jim, or I know John, or I know Mike. Great. What do you know about them? Do you know anything about their family? Do you know anything about their work experience? Do you, do you know anything about what's, what's happening in their lives at this moment? If the answer to that question is no, then you need to start looking around and making an impact by getting to know the people around you. That's not the kind of church that we want to be. We want to be the kind of church that models what community, our name, means. We want to be a community. We want to build relationships within this place. And how can we speak to the world and show the world what it looks like to love people if we can't even talk to each other? If we don't even know the names of the people around us. You do understand this, right? We all have something instantly in common with each other. You know what that is? Jesus. 
Yeah, we're all here to try to figure out what he wants for our lives, how to live our lives with him at the center of it. (coughs) We all need that, but do you know anybody else around you? There are a couple shortcuts uh, to making friends. Number one is the same purpose, and the second thing is the connected part together. Those are great ways to build relationships. But today, right after the 1030 service Mandy talked about earlier, we're doing the gathering over in the comm building. And that's where we get to eat together, hang out together, laugh together, and talk. And we're going to wear name tags. Somebody, else, somebody came up to me last week, and she, she said, hey, I don't have a name tag today, but my name is, I'm not going to embarrass you, and so, because I don't remember your name. Now, that's not why that is, I'm not going to embarrass her. Um, but wear name tags so you get to know who other people are. So you can say, hey, good to see you. Yeah, and, and once you start to know someone's name, start to connect with them, then you get a, a moment to be friends with them and see if they can be part of one of your circles. Now, I want you to come. I, I know, it's late. I, I know you're supposed to bring something. Listen, if you don't have anything, go get your favorite food and bring it back. My favorite food happens to be french fries. Go to Wendy's, go to McDonald's. I don't care where you go, grab some food and come back and be part of this moment together so we can know each other. We're going to challenge you. Now, if you're an introvert, it's okay. We're going to challenge you as well. There will be cards on the tables of some questions. Everybody's being asked and asking the same questions. All right, so there's no reason for you not to be able to be part of that. We want you there. We want you connecting. We want you to be part of this church that makes a difference with each other. Now, let's look at the next circle, and that's your corner of the world. And, and these people are um, people that you run into all the time. Maybe they're coworkers, maybe they're people at the gym, maybe they're people at the grocery store, uh, at your kids' practices, or maybe at school. People you wave, people you say hi to, maybe you even have short conversations with them on occasion, but you may not know them by name, all right? Your acquaintances. Let me ask you this question. If the world is truly experiencing this epidemic of loneliness and the church has an answer for that epidemic of loneliness, why aren't we going out of our way to create and care for these deep connections? Why don't we do that? Why aren't there more uh, of a priority in our relationships than what they are? If this is the way Jesus lived and we're supposed to model our life after Jesus, why aren't we more concerned with having people in all of these circles in our lives. Why are we looking at our phones more than we're looking at the people next to us? It's a valid question. Here's some of the reasons that people say, well, my, my, my family are my best friends. I don't need anyone else. Hey, listen, first of all, I love the fact, if that's you, that you get along with your family. <laughs> because way too many other people in this room don't get along with their families. You know? There, there are so many issues out there and challenges out there, and, and sometimes we just don't get along. I'm glad that your family are your best friends, but we're meant to do life together with more than people that think exactly like we think. We're meant to do life together with more than just people inside our immediate families. Somebody said this, you know, one of the excuses, I'm fine on my own. 
I'm fine by myself. Are you really? I mean, you can say that. That could be one of your excuses. But are you really fine on your own? When you need someone at 3 o'clock in the morning because something devastating just happened to you, are you fine on your own? And the answer to that is no, you're not. And you can try to explain that away and try to make that excuse, but the reality is you're not okay on your own. You need people around you. You need people loving you and supporting you. How about this as an excuse? I'm too busy. I don't have time for one more person or one more thing. Hey, I, I hear you. Schedules can be devastatingly busy. But listen, we're going to hit that more next week. I'm going to leave that topic out there. But you can find ways to overcome this. How about this excuse? I'm an introvert. We used to have people stand up before COVID and meet each other, shake hands with each other, give hugs to each other. And we stopped doing that because of COVID. And I had several introverts say, I am so glad we stopped that. I was so nervous during that meet and greet kind of time. You know, I I get it. But if you're an introvert, there are ways to overcome that introvertedness. There are ways to build relationships, and it's okay. Here's another excuse. I love dogs. (laughs) And maybe there's two or three people that I like, all right? But we'll take the hate part out of that. Maybe there's two or three people. I get that. That's a meme that's out there. And I understand that one. I love my dogs. I love all of you, too, so that's not true for me. But for some of you going, I've got one person that I like and my dogs. That's all I need. Or how about this one? I'm awkward and I'm afraid I'll say something stupid. Yes, you definitely will say something stupid. That's part of having fun as friends. You know, Mandy Kylander, who just did the announcements this morning, last week, she did. She got up here, she says, I'm Mandy and I'm the, I'm the, um, she couldn't remember her title. She couldn't remember, she We've been friends for 30 years, so I think we have fun being able to to, to laugh at this a little bit. The community engagement pastor. You got it, Mandy. So we made fun of her for the whole week for that. But anyway, (laughs) you're going to say something stupid. That's part of laughing at each other and with each other in your life. Don't be offended by that. Don't be worried about that. Or how about this one? And this is a big one. I've been burned way too many times. This is one of the biggest reasons we put up walls around ourselves, right? We, we want to self-protect ourselves. We want to self-isolate. We've been hurt, and we don't want to be hurt again. I get it. I mean, I, I get it. Friendships are an important part of our lives, but they can also be a very painful part of our lives. When we came to community almost 30 years ago, uh, to, to kind of help restart this church. Um, man, as this church went from 30 and started growing and expanding and good things were happening, we lost a lot of people that got upset because things had changed. And some of these people were just core people in us being able to start and move this church from where it was to, to where it is. And I got to tell you, those people were good friends. I mean, we were doing life together. We're making things happen for the kingdom together. And when they decided to leave at that point, I was devastated. It was maybe 30 people at that point, 40 people. And it's like, how can you just walk away from what I considered to be a deep friendship? 
And then again, several years later, as we hit another size type goal and people weren't doing what they were doing before and they got upset about that and they decided to walk away as a group, those were our closest circle of friends. That was our tribe. And I'm left going, I'm devastated. I mean, I was devastated in like a deep depression for months when those people left. And it happens all the time in churches, and it's painful, and it's difficult to deal with. So my question today is this, can we get over some of this stuff together? Not alone, not isolated, but together. Now, let let me be clear about this. I'm not talking about abusive friendships. If you're constantly being manipulated and lied to and belittled, or if you don't feel safe, that's not friendship, right? It just isn't. Uh, Proverbs 18, there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Today, we might say something like, you know what, frenemies destroy each other, but true friends stick with you. The true friends. We've all been burned. Again, maybe it was somebody in your close friendship, the two or three people that you trusted the most, or maybe it was somebody in your tribe, and all of a sudden, you don't have a tribe anymore. And you're left on the outside looking in. And you're going, ah, I'm, I'm shot. I mean, I, I don't even want to get out of bed. I don't even want to do life anymore. It's hard. I want to spend some time in this church circle around us. Because I know that the church has burned a lot of people. And that's the church capital C. That's the church across the globe, Right? And I can't be responsible for all of them. But I want to apologize to you if this church has done anything that's offended you or impacted you in a negative way because I know that it's happened. And I'm sorry for that. But it doesn't just happen again to you all. I think we have 14 pastors on our staff right now. It's happened to every single one of them. If you talk to any of them, have you ever been burned by the church? And every one of them are going to say, yeah, deeply burned by the church. You know why? Because this church and every church is full of messed up people. People like you and people like me, and that's why we come to church, is because we're looking for some hope and guidance and direction, and we're messed up as soon as we walk through these doors. That's part of being messed up, and sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes we're not right in what we do and what we say. The church is also full of people like you and people like me that have been changed by God's grace. And sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we make the right calls and the right decisions and we move forward together. Now, you can make friends here who share a purpose and an identity that's a soul-deep kind of level. You can skip a lot of that small talk and just jump into questions like, what's God doing in your life right now? You can fast forward through all the trivial stuff Because you guys already have something in common. We're all here interested in what Jesus has to say to us. And you know what? These are friends that can last for an eternity. 
So can we get over some of this stuff together? Can we do that? And maybe instead of shutting down and putting up walls, can we work each, with each other to build some trust? I think we can. I like what Paul says in Romans 12. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what's wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. You know what? The church is a perfect place to practice that, to genuinely love each other, to hold tightly to what's good, and to start letting go of some of those hurts that we've carried around for way too long, and they're destroying you. Will we always get it right? No. Absolutely not. I'm going to disappoint you. You're going to disappoint me. We're going to disappoint each other and the people around us. That's part of life. But maybe we can get over some of this stuff together if we simply choose to in this circle, this church circle, our church, if we can learn to love and trust each other. Maybe if you do that, it'll have a positive impact on the rest of the circles in your life as well. So how do we do that? First thing is this, we set healthy expectations. If we expect anyone other than God to meet our deepest needs, we're going to be disappointed. That goes for your marriage relationship, that goes for your friendships, that goes for your work environment. If you expect anybody but God to meet your deepest needs, you will be disappointed because we can never measure up. Remember who has to be in the center of our circles. It's always God. We start there. We need to set good boundaries. And you hear a boundary and sometimes you think, well, aren't those walls? You don't want to build a giant wall around your backyard and then expect to have good friendships with your neighbors. Why? Because we're not a front porch people anymore. We're a backyard people now as a country. We go into our backyards, and if you build big walls around your backyard, nobody's able to get in, you won't have good friendships. Because we drive in, pop our garage door open, drive in, shut the garage door, and we don't see anybody out front, we only see them in the back. So you start building fences instead of building walls. Why do you build a fence? Well, a fence puts boundaries out there, right? You can still talk to each other over a fence, but it keeps your dogs in your yard and their dogs in their yard. So you don't have to clean up for the other dogs. That's what it is. You know, fences are important. Walls are not good. Now, a true friend respects each other's boundaries, and they're not offended by them. They understand and appreciate them. The Bible says this in Proverbs 4, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Healthy expectations and good boundaries. Those are ways to guard your heart so you don't have to build walls. It creates space for you to be able to trust someone with those two important factors. We need to stop. One of my most important things today is that we need to stop keeping score. And if you've been burned so many times, it kind of made you gun shy. I've been there and I'm still there sometimes. We have that fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. Shame on me, or fool me once, shame on me, whatever it is. You get the point, right? It's one strike and you're out. That, that, that's, that's how we do it. And if we're going to help each other build a loving, trusting community, we have to give each other more grace. 
Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irrational. Is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. Love doesn't keep score. But how many of us are keeping score? Like it doesn't mean people can walk all over you. That, that, that's not okay. People can't take advantage of you. That's why you put these healthy boundaries out there. But we just can't walk around with this little scorecard all the time. Somebody hurts our feelings. Somebody said something we didn't like. Somebody made us mad. And you're checking all these scorecards off. And you're going to stay angry and, and, and mad all the time. And you're going to be miserable. And if you're miserable, guess what? The people around you are going to be miserable. And nobody wants to be around miserable people. We'll never trust anyone. And when we keep score, the walls will be too high and we'll be protected, but we'll be alone. And that's not a place you need to be. We need to handle conflict better. And some of you are thinking, wait a minute, I, I thought we were talking love here, right? I mean, I thought we were talking kumbaya, hold hands around the, the campfire, everything's going to be okay. Why are you throwing conflict in there? Because deeply connected, committed friendships have conflict. You understand that, right? Conflict are your personal beliefs. Conflict are your opinions. Conflict are the things that you believe that might be different than your friends. Those are okay. Conflict are your political views. They just are. And it's okay to have any political view you choose. Conflict are your belief in a non-good NFL football team. That's okay. I'm there right now myself. I understand, okay? But conflict happens. Conflict is just there. Conflict, if you handle it properly, can be good for your friendships because it challenges you. It pushes you to grow. It makes life interesting. Can you imagine a movie without conflict? It's not a movie that I'm going to watch. Why? Because it's going to be boring. Everything's the same. Nothing changes. Everybody loves everybody. You know, it's not a movie that you want to watch. What's your favorite movie? So let's take the Karate Kid, okay? Let's take that for example. That's a good one. Why? Because you have Johnny, who's the conflict, who's the bad guy, who's going to step up, right? And you have the karate kid who's the good guy. He wouldn't have anybody to fight if there wasn't Johnny sweeping the leg, right? I mean, you wouldn't have that. The conflict is what makes the story. Somebody else give me your favorite movie. The Breakfast Club is all conflict. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um, it, <laughs> um, my favorite movie, Braveheart. Where's the conflict? Well, the conflict is Longshanks. And he gave his men permission to sleep with whoever they wanted to in the entire nation that they were ruling. And then, his, and, then, and then William Wallace's girlfriend gets killed, his wife gets killed, and it causes conflict. And that causes the whole story. The conflict is what makes the story. Without conflict, everything would be boring. Now, when we practice walking through conflict in loving ways, we can build some trust. And we can be honest. 
and we can hold each other accountable, and we can seek reconciliation, but it has to all come from a place of love, not hate. Here's what Ephesians 4 says, instead we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I love what Janine Allen says when she talks about conflict and accountability. She says this, the last thing you and I need are friends who do nothing more than co-sign our stupidity. It's the redneck here, hold my beer moment, right? And you stand there and cheer him on. Go, you can do this. This is the dumbest thing you've ever seen. She goes on to say, if I'm about to careen off a cliff and you choose to stand there cheering for me, we've got a problem. I don't need acceptance when I'm being a fool. I need help and so do you. Love without truth is shallow. And truth without love is harsh. And love and truth together make for solid, lasting, trustworthy friendships. Colossians 3, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and to always be thankful. I think that's a great picture of what this church needs to be like, a place where we make allowances for each other, where we're gentle and we're kind, and where we're trusting each other, and holding each other accountable, and and just think what it would look like to the rest of your circles if we all did that, if they saw the church living like that, what could happen? What doesn't happen on accident has to be intentional. It has to be a commitment, has to have courage to get over this stuff together. Again, this afternoon, we're having the gathering in the calm. Please come. Sign your name on a name tag, not somebody else's name on your name tag. Sign your name on the name tag. Put it on and get to meet a few new people, some people that you may not know well. Matter of fact, I challenge you to meet three new people today because there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people here that you probably don't know. Ask them what they do for fun, and then listen. And again, introverts, don't panic on this. We're all asking the same questions. It's all about building your circles of friendship. Will you pray with me? Father God, I'm praying for everyone in this room and everyone online. God, may we realize that we need healthy friendships in our lives We need a healthy relationship with you, God, and healthy relationships both in close circles and wider circles to be able to live a life that you want us to live. Help us to do that together. Help us to be full of grace and mercy and peace and love. And thank you for loving us. And it's in Jesus' name, amen.